Okay. Good mark. All right. Now my hands hurt from all that clapping. <laughs> You'd be a terrible professional audience member. I, yeah. Well, I you did never that be once. a seat filler. <laughs> I did. Do, I did that I, once too. I did go to record. Uh, oh, what? Like the Lily Singh show or something when my sister was here a couple years ago because mm. Charlize was the guest. Oh. Uh... And I had to go see Charlize, and I was in the front row. Oh, hey. I do remember that. Nice. I have a screenshot. I think of me and my sister sitting in the front row. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyways. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Nostalgia Effect, the podcast where we examine movies from our childhood through the lens of adulthood. As always, I'm Amy, and we got Joe and Johnny. Hello there. Yellow. And we are going, I want to say back to the past. I was going to make a time. back to the future joke, but it doesn't <laughs> to <work>. the future. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but this really has nothing to do with back to the future anyways. I was just watching it last night, so. <laughs> you, just, you just had it on the mind. It's I mean, a solid choice. Yeah. Back to the- I mean, it's not bad. But we are going back, way, way back. Like to prehistoric times. Prehistoric times. As far back as you can. What is this, 1994? Four. 1994, the Flintstones live-action movie. Which marks, I think, two famous duds back to back for us yeah so, i mean that's that's the whole that's the whole podcast <laughs> well it's just well i mean duds. these are like historically big duds Much like people maligned. consider these really really bad yeah like when you're talking about movies that really miss the mark these are, <laughs> i think are in the top of the list yeah that's and they're you know back to back years oh, right. hey, look at that that's right the last one was 93 that's right and they're both kind of dinosaur-y. Yeah, they I, are. Yeah, they do. Look at that. I didn't even get that connection. That is our April. Our April theme is back-to-back early 90s movies about dinosaurs. That didn't do well. That are really, really that, bad. Because we're not talking about well. Jurassic Park. No, no. No. You thought you thought we were talking about Jurassic Park. Which is <laughs> sandwiched between these two. Uh, 93, Yeah, right? it came out a couple weeks after the Mario Brothers movie. Wow. God, what a yeah. time to be alive. That's I know. Funny. Could you imagine going to the theater to see the Super Mario Brothers movie and then like two weeks later you saw Jurassic Park? And <laughs> That's you like... Yeah. And then a year later you see this. <laughs> it's like yeah, the, a movie that, that did nothing for cinema and then a movie that changed cinema forever. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. But I had totally forgotten that this movie even existed mm. um, until until you mentioned it, until you brought it up and we were like, oh yeah. We yeah. used to have this. We used to have this on like VHS night and I, I remember watching it like not not a lot, but I remember it being around like a, something that would you know be on TV. And I haven't thought about this movie in forever. I, I like me too. I forgot that they did this one and then they made a sequel. That's like, right. Uh, they made a sequel. They did. Yes, featuring yes, they did. I think nobody from the original. Yeah, it was. It was. I don't think I've seen the sequel, or maybe I have. It was. Viva it's called Rock Viva, Vegas. Viva Rock Vegas. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, go. yeah. I I remember that. I think I have seen it because I. I remember seeing this. I loved this movie when I was younger. I've only seen it like a small handful of times. I think my grandma had it on VHS, mm-hmm. but I... And I remember watching it, but I don't remember much of it. I don't think about it often. No. But I just remember Halle mm. Berry is John Goodman's hot assistant, and she tries to seduce him. And I remember all of the prehistoric technology Puns. kind yeah. of stuff. Not all of it, but I remember like some of it, just because that was also very Flintstones vibey. And I watched a lot of the Flintstones cartoon as mm-hmm. a kid. Mm. Right. Not a lot, but I watched it. Yeah. I also remember seeing like Flintstones cartoons as 
as a kid. But weirdly enough, it was like they were in Spanish because it was in Mexico that I remember. Oh seeing yeah, for sure, some sure. reason. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I remember like you know the, they would. Uh, I think like on Cartoon Network or like I think it was Boomerang, uh, which uh, was like their old old. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Vaguely, like when I was at my cousin's, I, I sort of remember seeing. I, I like at least know the the the, the context, the world. Yeah, yeah, the context in the world. But beyond that, like I didn't really have much association with the Flintstones. Really. Yeah. Now that's interesting because there's a number of things that you know better and or were first introduced to or mostly introduced to in Spanish versus English. Yeah. Was there anything changed? Like, did he still say yabba dabba do? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. Like, it's been a long time, but yeah. I, you know, th- there's a. Th- like with that and and some other stuff like the Simpsons and things like that, they sort it sort of translates over at least well translated well enough in my mind. Yeah, as a, as a mm-hmm. child, able to sort of process it all and be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's it's this thing, you know, it's yeah. this fun thing. So I was wondering also because it's not. I think it's probably not a straightforward show to translate necessarily because of all the puns, like Rock Vegas, and uh, I mean yeah, that's the only one I, mean, I can think of. But I mean, I don't you know. I don't really remember how what the because at that point I, I was like too little to even like re- realize like what this was supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is kind of weird because I remember like uh, recently actually I was visiting grandparents and. Mexico over Christmas and they had on the Grinch uh, mm. the, the one we mm. did 2001 Grinch uh, and there is a lot of like made up words in that story yeah and it was in Spanish so they did have to like translate into like these made up words and I'd never you know heard before and I thought that was very interesting and I was yeah. like oh it was the first time I'd ever really like connected those two like oh yeah sometimes things are just made up in English and you just have to make them up in whatever language yeah. you're translating the thing to right so it has um, to be like nonsense but still rhyme yeah the rhyming thing is especially hard because it's like oh how do you yeah how do you make it say what it's originally supposed to say but also make it rhyme mm-hmm. and some of it doesn't translate well um but that's that well, we're getting off topic this is this is something else yeah. but i do remember liking this flintstones movie at least sort of liking it as one of those kids things where it's like uh-huh. it was just on and it was stupid and so <laughs> you were like okay and this is something i, re- I remember yeah. or like the flintstones has that iconic i think it's the like opening scene right yeah or the yeah. opening yeah. credits mm-hmm. where like they do the all of the bits and he gets locked outside Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is very much a a kids a movie that kids will really love. It is from what I remember, like more of a family movie, especially because it's like hot Halle Berry is there. So I'm assuming that there's a lot of things for parents and stuff. But it's yeah, well, because movie that kids would really love just because it's dinosaurs and it's kind of stupid. Yeah, that that makes sense. I think you're right in that it is like a family movie. But the Flintstones themselves were like not a kids cartoon right they were like a it's like a it was like the first primetime animated sitcom uh uh it was it was right there with jetsons in terms of being i'm pretty sure a kids cartoon because it was it was hannah barbera yeah, i remember so, watching both of those as a kid yeah so it's, yeah, i think it's joseph hannah and william barbera so it's a hannah barbera mm-hmm. project uh and they're also responsible for jetsons and scooby-doo and all these other things so it was definitely i'm pretty sure for kids however i see johnny you're looking things up so so correct me if i'm wrong but i think the thing about the flintstones that kind of gets lost in time is that it's kind of the honeymooners but yeah prehistoric and mm-hmm. that's something that's a, a lot of that i think was lost on the kids that were watching it at the time and certainly lost by now yes yeah but the funny thing is like i know johnny you had mentioned you saw it maybe on like boomerang which funnily enough i think that's where i used to watch the Flintstones and the Jetsons and stuff when I was at my grandparents and maybe this is just showing how much of an old person I am on the inside like Joe is where most of what I watched when I was at my grandparents house besides like
like decoms and stuff was like Nick at Night and Boomerang and watching all of those old TV shows and stuff. So there's old people like Joe and I who, not old people, but young old people who will get those references. Yeah. Well, and then the old, the old people at heart. Old, the old <laughs> yeah. at heart. Are the people yeah. with old hearts. What's kind of crazy about this, and it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately because you saw this all the way through to the late 80s, early 90s. There are shows that I remember as being on forever. Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters, for example. That started mm-hmm. in 87 and it was on until I think like 1990. So it was only on for three years. But I remember it being on for my entire childhood. And same <laughs> thing with shows like the Jetsons, Flintstones, and um, Scooby-Doo. Granted, Scooby-Doo has been on in one form or another or reinvented every few years. Mm-hmm. But the life cycle of things used to be so much longer than they are now. I, I mean... Yes, and I mean, I don't know, I guess. But I mean, the Flintstones started in the 60s. I think they had really new versions, not like Scooby-Doo, where there was their two no. ghosts of Scooby-Doo yeah, yeah. and pup named Scooby-Doo and all of these other iterations. And what we were growing up with in terms of watching Flintstones as a cartoon show, that show started in 1960. There's 160 episodes. Yeah, we were a solid 20 five years removed from its Mm -hmm. air date. And I don't think kids now are watching shows that are 25 years old. They're watching something that was made now. Yeah. Yeah. Like the shelf life of of entertainment has changed. Yeah. And there's far more turnover. That's all we have had to watch really back then was just like reruns because that was still almost a novel thing Mm -hmm. when we were younger was to have reruns. So that's like what played all the time for us as kids on places like Boomerang and at night mm-hmm. so we would be staying up and watching that and kind of absorbing that yeah that's definitely true but i think even the fact that it wasn't only late night reruns that they were still they were in first run positions they were still well, there was yeah because like there was new networks and they need to fill exactly. air, air time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so like with Boomerang, when it was like, you know, as we're talking specifically that channel or in like Cartoon Network because Cartoon Network also. And, and even would, Nickelodeon, you know, like when I was growing uh, yeah. up, Nickelodeon yeah. was still fairly new. So all these things needed a catalog. Yeah. They needed a catalog to fill in those time slots. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense why they stuck around, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think animation sort of lasts a little bit longer, maybe. I think that's true. Yeah. But it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably the... We, I think, amongst the last generation to have grown up watching something that our parents would have grown up watching. Like, I grew up watching Scooby-Doo and Looney Tunes, and so did my mom. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Because nowadays, like, kids don't want to... You could show them stuff, and they could maybe get into it, but, like, for them to encounter it, like, on their own is... is, uh, Organically. Yeah, it would be... uh, Yeah, I guess because it's just there's so much... We are a media consumption culture now. Mm-hmm. There is just so much there. I think it was like a hundred thousand or like something like of insanely large amount, a number of hours of content is uploaded to YouTube every minute. And I was talking to my therapist about this today. It's like she was, we were talking about like streaming services mm. and she's like, how many streaming services are there? I'm like, I mean, where I work, we deliver the like 30 different services in any given month. Plus there's like all of the, the top five big names. Yeah. And it's like places that you wouldn't even think have streaming services and they're generating content. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you always have something new to watch. Why are you going to go watch something old? True. Yeah. My answer is because I prefer <laughs> to watch Yeah, but also, Joe, you're a million years old and you like this old stuff. Like you and I, yes, we would go watch the old stuff because that is what we, we like. That content is aimed for us. But mm-hmm. Johnny, I know he doesn't like stuff like that. 
as much. Like he I wouldn't mean, choose depends. to go watch I Love Lucy or Happy Days or the Andy yeah, Griffith no. show. No, he would no. choose to go watch a show that he grew up with. Like he would go watch The Simpsons, which if someone, a Gen Z or younger, wants to watch something old, they would go pick something like Friends or The Simpsons on one of the multitude of streaming services, or they would watch something new that they can get because it's new and it's novel. It's fun. It's different. Yeah. In fact, also, there's so much has changed. I think I saw a thing where I think it was Jennifer Aniston was talking about a lot of stuff on Friends. People watching it for the first time now are, mm -hmm. are very upset about. <laughs> there's subject matter that they don't oh, agree Oh, yeah. With. It is very racist, very sexist, very, very homophobic. Mm. It hey, is, yeah. It was the 90s, baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, it's, but, but back to this movie. Yeah, let's go back a little um, bit further in time. So, Johnny, you had this on VHS growing up. Yes. Um, I remember that vividly. And I remember watching it, as Amy put it at the beginning, like, I remember Halle Berry being super smoking mm -hmm. hot. Mm -hmm. And John Goodman. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of honestly it. But not like, I don't remember a whole lot that happens in the movie. I'm like trying to think of like any jokes or something that like I really liked or remembered. But like, I like I'm saying, I literally remember, until you mentioned it, I had forgotten this movie existed yeah. yeah and amy you said that your grandma maybe had this you watched it and you liked it well enough i remember liking it but i feel like it's also i don't like johnny just said i don't remember any like i couldn't tell you the plot of this movie yeah. Yeah. i can just tell you i remember halle berry in a brown like cheetah print two-piece outfit mm. and a bird as a telephone okay yeah because this so this movie i would have been nine when it came out did you see it in theaters i did not i know for a fact that i mm. didn't and i think it was partly because it had such bad reviews you were paying attention to reviews at nine years old sure i didn't know what a review was <laughs> to put this into context i did see jurassic park in theaters and it i know it changed cinema and it certainly changed me because you read the reviews <laughs> well, hell yeah. 1994, Star Trek The Next Generation was was ending. That was its final year. And I remember that. So, like, that's what I was into. I was into Star Trek. And mm. uh, I loved uh, Jurassic Park. I remember these things. I remember these movies. And I, that's what I was interested in. And that's what I was really mm -hmm. enjoying at the time. And so, I think The Flintstones, to me, looked like a child's movie. And I probably didn't want to see it sophisticated joe yeah at nine years old he was smoking a pipe and he was reading the morning paper and he was reading the reviews and he was like you know what no this is childish yeah. well I, <laughs> yeah. I decided i did i did smoke a pipe my mom insisted <laughs> did you have your smoking jacket and your ascot? yeah <laughs> oh please not an ascot not in the summer far too warm <laughs> not in the summer well i guess it's hotter in may in the summer in southern california than yes. it is in indiana <laughs> sure is but yeah i i remember this movie came out i remember hearing that it was terrible and i didn't bother to see it and i'm and i know i have seen it though i think i saw okay. it on television mm -hmm. some years later i don't mm. think i sought it out i think it was just on and i thought ah let's see what this is about and i remember watching it and this thinking, was uh, when you were older right older yeah but, were nine. but not much older like i i, I I think pre-high school for sure. He was 10. Mm -hmm. He yeah, was 10 was years old. <laughs> I saw it on television and I remember just thinking, yeah, okay. You weren't offended by it? I was not okay. offended by it, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't have any strong feelings about it either way. Just thinking this is famously one of the worst movies ever made. That feels a little strong. I think that was my feeling. Is it famously out. one of the best, one of the worst movies ever made? I don't really know much context to I this movie. I think it's movie. just a famous dud, I think is the thing. Is, and there's a difference, right? But they made a sequel. Yeah. But was the sequel a direct-to-DVD, direct-to-VHS? I don't VHS? know. Actually, you might, maybe, because the... 
the sequel was made in 2000, so a good six years later. Um, and you're right, it didn't have any of the original cast. And no, it was also released uh, in theaters. Wow. It's also had a wide release. Hmm. What was the budget and the box office for this one? If you have that pulled up in front of you. I mean, it didn't. It actually wasn't a bust. The first one, it had negative reviews, but it earned $342 million worldwide and it had a $46 million budget. That seems pretty good. That's probably why they made a sequel. It was a critical bust. But it was a sequel many years after the fact with almost nobody returning. That says something. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, so. So this just wasn't for me. And then I saw it on television and I remember thinking, oh, yeah, okay. And then I never thought about it again. And so yeah, exactly. yeah. I don't even know what would made me think of it recently. I don't. Yeah. I Cause no you really suggested it. Yeah. I have no idea what happened. I just, I just, it popped into my mind. It just popped in there and I thought, oh, we should, this, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I did grow up with other Flintstone stuff as I guess you guys did too. There's the fruity pebbles, which I think is still maybe a thing. I mean, the yeah, they're yeah. still, Post is still making those cereals and they yeah. used to make those commercials. That's right. They used to make those, their animated commercials. Yeah. Cause they said it was like a kid's cereal and they used to just pop mm-hmm. them on all the time during them. Maybe that's why I'm remembering remembering a lot of Flintstones. Yeah. Uh, did they have the Flintstones vitamins? vitamins did you guys, which I yeah, did consume. Guys, I remember eating I had those. a lot. Yeah. I remember eating a lot yeah, of those. Yeah, they tasted like chalk. <laughs> they were chalky as fuck, but I remember they were really good. Like, yeah. I really liked them. Yeah. And then and then I think there were gummy vitamins later, weren't there? Yeah, I think so too. I don't know how nutritious those were, but you know. <laughs> because of those, I still take gummy vitamins to this day. No joke. Every day I have gummy vitamins that I take. If you must have vitamins, gummy is the way to go. There was a lot of Flintstones uh, lot of sort Flintstones of material. Merchandise, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess it's because of this movie, right? Because they released this movie and then... Because I can't imagine before 1994 there being a lot of... Uh, I don't Flintstones. know. I, I guess so. I re- but I remember the cartoon series as well. I think the Flintstones, even before the movie, was still a, a vital powerhouse of merchandise. Still, the brand still hold held weight. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. I mean, the fact that they still make the cereal says that there's still there's something in there. I feel like the cereal is just it's more of it's just like a staple now. I guess so. Uh, it's been it's been on shelves for so long. Mm-hmm. If Post because Post is the I'm pretty sure Post is the company that makes the uh, the cereal was yeah. to like pull fruity because it's fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles. So. It's like two of them. Oh, there's two of them. That's right. Yeah, it's a chocolate one and then like a fruit flavored one. People would riot in the streets, sir, and I would be mm-hmm. one of them. But that's what's also interesting to me is of all of the cereals that you could have, the legacy ones that are bad for you, Lucky Charms and all the sugary ones, they're all uniquely tied to a character that represents only that cereal. Fruity Pebbles, I think, yeah. is the only one that comes from a, a heritage of TV. Yeah, well, like a licensed a sort licensed of, uh, character deal. tie-in. And I wonder how many kids now eating Fruity Pebbles have any idea who the Flintstones are. None. Yeah. Zero. I'm actually wondering cuz I mean, I'm wondering I'm, I'm assuming they have to be on the uh Yeah, Fred Flintstones the on box. the co- on the boxes, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. He still is. And that's just interesting to me. I'm pretty sure kids today think that Fred is just like he's just Captain like Captain character. Crunch or Yeah. Isn't that odd? Yeah, it is pretty odd. Yeah. I mean, considering like what's like, you're right. Who like there? There, I don't. I don't think there's been a, like a revival of the Flintstones, any new Mm-mm. sort of like uh, show or movie. So it is kind of strange.
strange to yeah. have like a a mascot like a, from the '60s still selling your cereal. Yeah, yeah. And it's I mean it's 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 I have yet to go into a grocery store and not see Fruity Pebbles or Cocoa Pebbles on the shelf. Yeah. There are other cereals that have come and gone that I've been like, oh, what happened to that cereal? Or only become seasonal, like the like Count Chocula yeah. and everything else. Yeah, gotta be good. It's gotta be good. Yeah. Alrighty. I got I, I, yeah. So I'm basically just I thought about this movie and I thought oh, I'm almost excited to watch it just because I remember so little of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you guys ready? Are we ready to watch this? I think so. All no. right. Let's go. And now our feature presentation. And we're back. Yeah, but Debba, do we are guys. back. We were back from the future. No, <laughs> we came back to the future. We got back to the future. Yeah, yeah that's what we did. We got back to the future. Hey, there we go. We <laughs> I did tied it, it in. It was shoehorned in there, but I got it in there. Uh, <laughs> boy. Well. You know, it's this is not... It's not a good movie. No. It is a bad movie. No. But it's not like a criminally bad movie. Like, no, there's nothing... it's not offensive. Uh, it's not offensive. I thought it was just real bad. It's just I thought boring. it was fun, but it was real bad. See, I didn't think it was fun. I thought it was like a little bit... I thought it was kind of boring. I... Uh, well, yeah. Okay, Which is so... what makes it a bad movie, in my opinion. I, yeah, I think it sort of depends because depends on the on the criteria, right? Because I think I think the deal with this movie is the cast is perfect. I mm-hmm. don't know that you could get a better Fred Flintstone than John Goodman. No, yeah, John Goodman is is perfectly cast. I'd say that. And and he and Rick Moranis have I think good chemistry. They feel like friends. Oh yeah, and I feel like Rick Moranis is like also a perfect Barney Rubble. I agree. Yeah. And like story wise, everything that's happening with Vandercave, Kyle MacLachlan is I think sort of surprisingly good. It's a well thought out villain process that he has. It's a very 90s villain, Definitely. I feel like. One absolutely. Yes. No, no. I, I I completely agree. He is he is a 90s villain for sure, which is funny because the movie was co-written by Stephen E. D'Souza, who also wrote Die Hard. And Die Hard features mm-hmm. some great 80s villains as well, like business villains. That's very late 80s. 90s too and the thing is is like there's other things that this movie has going for it the art direction and integration of physical places that they seem to film almost exclusively in and around Vasquez Rocks which I think is a Mm -hmm. wonderful eye-catching location for a place called Bedrock I don't know if you caught all of the little like the little jokes that are that are in in there were three that I found like the pun things is that what you're kind of going towards yeah or so else? amy do you want to list yours and then i'll i'll say if if there's any addition that i that i caught when there it's all like kind of at the opening so uh-huh. steven spielrock presents yeah universe shell uh-huh and then when they're coming out of the drive-in it's gorge lucas's tar wars those it's, are the three that i caught so i caught those and those are i think those are all really great and really funny and they're just <laughs> they don't they're some of them are jokes that you may not even like a casual viewer may not even look to find and the well, fact the that, first time I saw, I had to rewind because I saw Tar Wars. But when I rewound it, I went back and it was I saw Gorge Lucas. Yeah. I I just read it as George Lucas the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's other things. The tiniest joke, but it's on Fred's newspaper. It says pterodactyl crashes into Andy's mountains with rugby team, which is uh, making fun of. Uh, 
real life event, a real life tragedy that was then later made into a movie called Alive about a uh, football team crashing into the Andes and uh, they had to, the, the ones that survived ate the dead ones. Yikes. And so mm. so there's that. Real which... funny joke, real deep cut there. I, Jesus I... Christ. <laughs> um, and then and then there's an, another headline on his paper later that says, Rock Market Falls, it's an avalanche, which... Mm. <laughs> That's just... a good one. I thought Ooh. that was really Ooh. great. And then... Um, let me let me see if I have any. Uh, no, I I think those are the those are the other two that I that were easy to miss, but I thought really funny. It was like art direction wise, it feels like a cartoon, but it's not so distractingly like a cartoon that it, it leaps out at you at all. It all feels like it's part of the same world. See mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it kind of didn't for me though, and it, I had a hard time like being like, "What is this movie trying to be?" I do agree that I don't know who it's for because there's yeah, a lot like of it's... yeah, there's a lot of like the let's watch grownups fall down humor mm-hmm. in it. Uh, but then there's also jokes like Elizabeth Taylor saying, "I think about all of the sacrifices your father made for you, like your brother Jerry." And I thought it was she was, she was like goats <laughs> and whatever, and your brother Jerry. <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> thought like that was funny, and that was kind of like a sort of a very twisted kind of joke that kids wouldn't get mm-hmm. but grown-ups certainly would and it felt very sort of Adam's family-ish mm-hmm. in which case I kind of felt like maybe the movie should have been pushed more in that direction because it was the Sharon Stone character which is also hilarious as a name is absolutely a character that doesn't necessarily belong in a kids or family film and the the implied nature of that relationship is not what you'd expect in a film like this and so i feel like they probably should have just been like no this is for the we will make this palatable for children but this is for the people who grew up watching the cartoon show and are now old enough to get it yeah because there were were other jokes too like when they say fred flintstone got a 65 on the test and she goes that big ape and there's no no no, the big ape got a 65 (laughs) (laughs) like i thought that was funny there was also the fact that they had neanderthals like people in neanderthal makeup living alongside the homo sapiens i thought that was really funny and really clever and not necessarily overdone but it was yet another element that was in there the fact that people were also coexisting with monkeys and that they were also members of the society I thought was a very funny idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got to, I have to use this, but I don't drink coffee, so I don't know how I'm going to. But when she says, how would you like your coffee? And he goes, in a cup? <laughs> See, no, that didn't, no, that no? didn't work for me. I was, no. You know yeah, what didn't work I... for me though? You know, the, the, the bit that I really liked and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool is when he does the bowling scene. Yeah. It is really good. I do enjoy that. And he does his little twinkle toe dance. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the uh, another one where he goes yabba dabba do and he goes up into the air and then it's sort of like and he, he, you know, and he's, he's on a wire and he's like mm-hmm. he's like suspended sort of for a little bit. I thought that was really good. I yeah. really did like that. I don't know, but a lot of it missed for me. Things like that for me feel very like 90s kind of campy, which I like. Mm. And I like I kind of think it that's why I didn't like this movie, but I think the 90s campishness of it, Elizabeth Taylor just eating, the, like chewing the scenery, mm-hmm. Kyle MacLachlan chewing the scenery, like, oh, so good. That's, I think, the parts about it that I like. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I really did not take that many notes on this because I was just like, I, they're, I was just like, what if, what, like, I don't know. <laughs> It confused you. Yeah. It angered and confused you. It's kind of like what just I'm like, what am I supposed to be watching? I think that's fair because when you're thinking about this movie and they have, firstly, they have one of the writers of Die Hard and then they have Dean Cundey, the DP. So they have 
a really excellent DP on board. Mm -hmm. Their production designer, if I'm not mistaken, did RoboCop. So they have like a really good behind the camera presence. And then they have mm-hmm. John Goodman, who's always been good. They have Rick Moranis, who's always good. Kyle McLaughlin was in Twin Peaks and he was great in that. This is the first time I remember seeing Kyle McLaughlin and then every every sort of role I've sort of ever seen it of him since then I've always just associated as him being like a villain type character even oh, when he's not like, yeah. I'm just like I was mm-hmm. like uh, every time he pops up on screen I'm like this guy's up to something I well uh, to be fair he often is up to something I mean just look at him look at him. just look at him but yeah so this is this is a confusing movie because there's a lot of it has a lot going for it and it's yeah. not all there well it doesn't mm. I, I don't know it doesn't you know what what I was watching when I was watching it I was sort of I had this this thought in my head where I was just like, you know, maybe we don't need to adapt cartoons to live I action. That maybe too. they can just be cartoons. Yeah, yeah like, you this, know, it doesn't, I, like, yeah. it doesn't gain any. You don't gain anything, really. I mean, other than, you know what you do gain? You do gain some interesting, like you said, art production. Yeah. You gain some interest, like, because all of that stuff is interesting. Like, how do you make the cars mm-hmm. actually, like, make that and bring that into real life? But, like, it, I don't know. I think it sort of loses something in that transition from I agree. cartoon to live action we sort of talked about this sort of a little bit similar when we talked about the grinch the grinch yeah the 2000s grinch mm-hmm. and how some of those designs you know work pretty well but then you know some of them don't or you know don't you don't get the same sort of feel as you do when you watch the cartoon yeah. and you're what you, you put it as like it's, it's much more colorful because you know in in the 2000s version it's everything's sort of grayed out and it's yeah you mm-hmm. sort of lose that pop mm. uh when you come from a uh, cartoon to live action and yeah this movie just i was while i was watching it i was just like hmm I was like, yeah I don't, maybe 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 not just because a cartoon is successful you don't need to make it into a live action thing or maybe i don't i agree though because there's also like the scale and the scope of the story of something like the flintstones Mm -hmm. essentially it's a one joke show it is honeymooners in stone age and the characters in the world and the concept for it lacks the depth necessary for a hour and a half real life like translated into real life what story do you want to tell featuring the flintstones that is going to be an hour and a half (laughs) yeah right Yeah. yeah we kind of sort of the same thing with the Grinch I think we all agreed that regardless how we felt about the film it's a short book yeah. mm-hmm. how do you stretch that over a feature film runtime yeah pad the shit out of yeah. it yeah there's a lot of scenes in this movie that don't go anywhere or end in a needless joke like uh, when everybody scatters at the playground and the pterodactyl poops on the car yeah and it's kind of like yeah. why did that happen yeah like what what uh, I mean you, yeah, yeah yeah and and like before for the kids for a I fun guess, poop joke poop jokes yeah but like those don't translate well to live action I don't feel like I, th- that joke maybe can work in a cartoon because it's a cartoon yeah I don't know but it really doesn't age the film well yeah no it definitely doesn't but I, I did really like John Good I mean John Goodman is great and everything we've talked about John Goodman yes so much. yes um, mm-hmm. but he, he like you said he was perfect casting I think he was perfect casting and I think like Kyle MacLachlan was an interesting choice and and Halle Berry was an interesting choice there's I don't think there were this is one of those movies where there's there's a lot of things in it that I think were very good choices but it doesn't add up altogether into being a good thing Mm -hmm. a good decision yeah Kyle McLaughlin had he was he was a good 
businessman villain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he sells it. His embezzlement scheme makes sense. It's simple, but it makes really good sense. And his plan to get a stupid person to okay the embezzling also makes sense. Yeah, I don't think I got that part as a kid. Oh, uh, no, I, I'm I, sure I, not. Yeah. I was like, he's going to blame him for something? I don't really know. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Yeah, it is a little bit... It's a, you know, it works. It checks out. You're like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And like the arc of the movie about money changing people and changing the friendship of Fred and Barney yeah. as they experience their separate highs and lows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like that didn't work for me because I was like, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't yeah. I, 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 I got to watch it again, I suppose, but I'm not going to. No, I don't think you need to watch <laughs> yeah. it again. I think it's not worth time it. is, is all right. But like, I don't, I felt like there that because. A lot of this movie is about change, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, just like you said, the the the, the um, I keep calling to call them the Simpsons, the Flintstones. Yeah. Uh, Fred, he gets a new promotion, and so he starts making more money. And then the the whole like Kyle McLaughlin's whole thing is to replace the workers with like machines mm -hmm. uh, or machines in the stone, but machines from the Stone Age. Um, yeah. And. You know, all of that stuff. But I don't know. I didn't know. Uh, it didn't work for me. No, I, I think it's fair that it didn't work for you. Mm -hmm. But it's so funny that you would say that the theme of the movie has changed because I, now I'm all of a sudden thinking like The Simpsons as Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Because I, I, I feel like also they tried to they tried to make a good movie. They put things in there in an attempt to tell an honest story like the how money changes people and how it can ruin your friendship and all of that like they tr they tried i feel like there's nothing there was no point where i was watching this movie and thought oh that's bullshit that's only happening because it needs to happen for the movie to work mm -hmm. i don't know amy what do you what do you think or you, I, I guess it, you weren't really engaged with the movie on either level either hating it or enjoying it yeah i kind of was well honestly if i'm gonna be very honest i don't remember watching this a month ago yeah because <laughs> listener we were supposed to record this episode like two episodes ago when we skipped an episode mm -hmm. uh so i watched this for back then so honestly i did not rewatch it before uh we were recording this so i don't remember a lot of what happened i think that's an indictment though too isn't it that is yeah. uh, it's a pretty good verdict on the movie because we've all you know we were talking about it now but like i think anybody were to watch this movie they would come away feeling the same as amy whereas you're just like oh that happened <laughs> like that was a thing yeah it's almost like uh cotton candy as a movie it's like ah it's in there and it's gone yeah yeah <laughs> oh this is cool and it's over yeah <laughs> i mean i guess there are a couple things that i can't say i already mentioned like how mclaughlin and Liz taylor just basically uh -huh. two in the scenery yep. but if you noticed at the towards the beginning when barney goes to pick up bam bam did you notice who the adoption lady is yeah she's from um barbara uh, from it? abbott elementary Cheryl, yeah, yeah oh I forget the actress's name. It's Cheryl's uh, Lee Ralph, I think. Yes, you are correct. Hmm. Um, but yes, I did notice that, and I was like, "Hey, I know that lady." That was like the first. I like my first note is already so '90s campy, and I'm pretty sure that's from like the drive-in scene. And then, OMG, Barbara from Alabama Elementary is the adoption lady. Yeah, I do love when we watch these old movies, and I wonder who am I gonna see that wasn't anybody then, but is somebody now? Yeah, mm, that is always fun. Yeah, I I do I do really genuinely enjoy that. And then one. Another note I took was a quote from Fred saying, my daddy read me every day for his life and lived to be the ripe old age of 38. Yeah. So does that mean Fred is like, in his early 20s? Probably. The age different back in the old <laughs> <Yeah>. days. <laughs> Lifespans were much shorter. Yeah. For whatever reason, there's a ton of 
connections with this and Mario Brothers because there's also a bit where uh, at the party they play the the same song that's in the nightclub at uh, Warner at uh, Mario Brothers, which is uh, the Everybody Was a Dinosaur. No, oh, really, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Don't know what you're talking about, sir. No. <laughs> Don't remember either scene very well. That's the problem with doing back-to-back forgettable movies. Well, I guess, you know what? I would say this is a forgettable movie. I would, the Super Mario Brothers movie, you remember that one. I remember Super so Mario Brothers. It's so but... messed up. Yeah, it's just so yeah. weird. This, this one is, is much less weird, even though you would think it would be weirder. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, you know, it's got, so, the, it's got so much of the, uh, it's like modern times, but back then, so, you know, they, they have like garbage disposal, but it's just like a pig. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always, I remember that was always the joke in, in Flintstones was the animal would then look, the, the manual labor animal would look to the camera and go, eh, it's a living. It's funny though, because we have in both Mario Brothers and Flintstones a case where there's one adaptation that is basically name only. There is almost mm-hmm. nothing of the source material, the original source in, material. The, in, yeah. in Mario Brothers. And then on the other hand, we have the Flintstones adaptation, which I, th- I think is a really serviceable adaptation of the cartoon. And maybe that's mm-hmm. kind of the problem. It, it, it is Maybe it is to a fault. Close. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's really interesting that you can go either direction and still get it wrong. Mm-hmm. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, it's a, adapting yeah. things is very dangerous business yeah so you guys ready for some fun facts uh yes absolutely let's get to them and i i got some recastings as well you mean other people wanted to be in this movie no they didn't want to (laughs) (laughs) so the tagline for this was coming may 27 1994 ad Uh, okay that's good i i I hate i hate when people get the date wrong because when i go travel in my time machine to see a film i might i might i might do Mm, bc could be clarified the appearance of the flintstones Sabretooth Cat marks one of the first times for a furry CG character in a feature film. A specific complex algorithm for its time had to be developed to calculate the movement of every single hair of the fur. Yeah, well, that makes that sense. That was only in there for like two seconds too. And it didn't look great. It did look terrible. That kind of technology was uh, not really added or created until Monsters, Inc. Well, which is funny because it's John Goodman again, that time playing a character yeah. who I think ah. every frame of Sully took... Uh, several days to render because of all the fur. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is the movie that made me want to get into filmmaking. Mm. Nice. On Elizabeth Taylor's first day on set, she was greeted with 30 bouquets of flowers, a Cartier watch, a prehistoric bowling ball with her name engraved on it, and a bottle of her passion perfume redesigned in bedrock style fashion. The same bottle appears in the film. It was her final appearance in a theatrical film and one of the enticements to get her back on the big screen after a six-year absence was that the proceeds seeds of the film's premiere would go to her AIDS foundation. Wow. Hmm, interesting. So that was, I think, that was one of the things where it's like, how did they get Liz Taylor to do this? And th- that's how they, they got her to do <laughs> that's it. That's the answer. Huh. Barney Rubble's Snow Cone Van plays the theme song from the Jetsons. Mm. I don't know if you noticed that. I noticed it. I recognized that it was familiar, but I, I didn't place it. Yeah. It was kind of, I didn't recognize it was the Jetsons, but I recognized that. I was like, oh, that's a little familiar. Yeah. The B-52s appear at Cavern of the Green, yep. which is Tavern on the Green yep. as the BC 52s. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was another one I was going to call out as far as like fun pun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my final recasting sport for getting to a record for the most recastings I think we've had. The story Betty reads to Bam Bam before Barney leaves with Fred for bowling is a parody of Cinderella entitled Cinderella. Mm. Clever. Yeah. Yep. So recastings. Most of you like the big section is for Fred, but director Spielberg's old directing friend Landon was brought on for uncredited reshoot. Oh. 
Really? So little uh, John Landis in there. And then, get this, Francis Ford Coppola had originally been offered to direct the film, but turned it down because he didn't understand the story. <laughs> wow. That would, now that, now that's interesting. Yeah. That would have been, this movie would have been buried. And then, and wait, let me check, let me check my, uh, let me, let me check something. Um, oh yeah. Cause See what only, he did in 94? I was, well, I was going to say only two years before Francis Ford Coppola did uh, his superior Ram Stoker's Dracula film. So can you imagine those two movies side by side on somebody's filmography? It's like Bram Stoker's Dracula, yeah. hard R, sex and nudity, violence, gore, everything. Flintstones. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it probably wouldn't have been this Flintstones. No. But yeah. That's bizarre. Are. That's interesting. I wonder how many of the jokes that I found funny were Landis. Hmm. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. Because Spielberg produced this, right? I'm pretty sure. No. You have no involvement in this, and I'm just making that up. Spielbrock presents he produced it was that a question no i'm saying like one of the jokes at the beginning was steven spielrock presents yeah right so i'm guessing he uh, he had some involvement he right? produced it yeah okay i'm pretty sure it's an amblin film yeah spielberg kirshner kathleen kennedy yeah you're right it is an amblin title you're right you're right you're right you're right so this is a fun one because i know joe you had mentioned uh sharon stone earlier the sharon stone joke yeah. so fred flintstone's secretary is named sharon stone the role was meant to be played by actress sharon stone as a joke but she turned it down due to scheduling conflicts Aww. so sharon stone could have played sharon stone that would have been really funny yeah would it have it would have been it would have been funny for uh, adults maybe but also Halle Berry's smoking hot in this and yes. I don't think she, I mean Sharon Stone you know sure in the 90s but not Halle Berry level I think this points to the to the the fact that if they had pushed this movie in any direction further if they'd pushed it mm -hmm. more kids, I guess. If they'd pushed it more grown up, we would have got something maybe a little bit better, possibly even special to have a meta joke like that <laughs> in, in, in a movie like this. It would at least have been more memorable. I, I, yeah. I would give you that. Yeah. Betty. Uh, Janine Turner was originally considered to play the part of Betty, which would have fit the cartoon Betty's looks more, but they went for the more comedic performance. Mm. That's Rosie O'Donnell. Character. Yeah, yeah. Mm. which I, I mean, even like, it, <laughs> I kind of forget a lot of what she did, honestly. Well, she doesn't, there isn't much for Betty to do. Yeah, no, no, no not. Betty or Wilma, they really, the women don't do much. I mean, yeah, but that's, that's sort of in line with the show, right? Because it's supposed to be like the honeymooners, right? And so. Yeah. Yeah. I think Wilma has, has more going on than Betty does. Betty basically gets to be worried about Barney or angry at Fred and Wilma. Like, that's it. Yeah. Well, I guess because, like, Wilma's there to be the moral compass for Fred. Yeah, in some aspect, because she's also there to be, I guess, his foil in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because he's afraid to tell her that he loaned the money to the rubbles, and she, she sticks up for him against the mother-in-law. But yeah, I think just of all the characters, Betty's the one that has the least to do. Yeah. Let's see. Barney. This one's going to be a fun one as well. Actually, you know what? I'm going to skip Barney because it's it's really fun. I'm going to go straight to Wilma. Uh, Gina Damis. Faith Ford and Catherine O'Hara were all considered for the role. Hmm. I feel like Gina Davis would have been fun. Catherine O'Hara, I think, would have been really fun. She would have gone, like, very over the top. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine... Honestly, I'm trying to imagine either one of them because they bring they bring so much personality to that character. Yeah. Just seeing Catherine O'Hara against Liz Taylor, yeah. the two of them like playing off of each other. Yeah, because Elizabeth Perkins, I don't think she did a bad job. She also was kind of, she was a little more there than Rosie O'Donnell, but yeah. she still didn't have 
much going on. Yeah. Okay. So for Barney, Dudley Moore was considered to play Barney. Oh. Huh. And then get this. We're going to get crazy here. You want to get nuts? Bob Hoskins. What? Bob Hoskins was considered <laughs> for the role. And Danny DeVito was Spielberg's first choice. But DeVito felt his acting style was too gruff to portray Barney and turned it down. Subsequently, DeVito recommended Rick Moranis. I think mm. that was probably the right choice. Yeah, because he's right. Yeah. He is too gruff. He's Danny yeah. DeVito. It's his nature. Yeah. And, and and Barney Rubble is like more amicable, more... Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, you know, just... Uh, I can't imagine. Uh, that's... Ugh, that's so weird. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to get to uh, Fred, which this is a, a big block of stuff I got here. Mm. John Candy was considered for the role. Mm. Flintstones was his all-time favorite cartoon, but he passed away in 94. Yeah. He had also previously portrayed the role of Buck Russell in Uncle Buck, a role for which John Goodman was considered for. Hmm. Coincidentally, both films were released by Universal. <laughs> when you need a big man in the early 90s, you either went to Goodman or Candy. Yep. <laughs> Almost three dozen people worked on the script, and at one point, the fart part the fart <laughs> the part of Fred Flintstone was offered to Jim Belushi. Uh, okay. He would have been immediately unlikable if mm -hmm. it had been Belushi. Oh yeah, I I could not like you know it it no like I can picture it in my me in my head yeah and no <laughs> yeah because because like goodman goodman has a really lovable like big teddy bear quality to him and you need that for fred like that's necessary yeah. and and yeah and belushi doesn't have that no so stemming from belushi dan Aykroyd, bill murray and chevy chase were all considered, but they were deemed too skinny and a fat suit was deemed too appropriate. When Joel Silver was originally attached to the film as producer, he had always had Belushi in mind to play Fred. And then when Silver left the project, he gave Belushi a silver Mercedes as payment. I wish that I had a kill fee like that. That would yeah. Not that I want a silver Mercedes, but just something extreme for doing nothing sounds fantastic. <laughs> sounds yeah. nice. So here's my last one. Although other actors were considered, there was really nobody else in the running for the role of Fred Flintstone. Steven Spielberg had worked with John Goodman earlier and had already noticed the actor's striking resemblance. He actually told Goodman then and there that he, Goodman, was going to play Fred for him. Interesting. But that is my fun facts. Oh, woo! So fun. All right, so boys, gentlemen, does this hold up? Johnny. No, no, it does not. <laughs> no, <laughs> words. It's just, it's, you know, it's, mm, no, no, just no. I got nothing else to say. No. No. Joe? I think it's a messy movie that doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't think it's offensively bad, and I think there were a lot of really interesting pieces that were, maybe the pieces were selected lovingly, but then the product was not. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's, I don't, I, no, I don't think it's a, uh, I don't, no, no, I don't think it's a, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> I think they gave it a good try. I do think mm -hmm. that. I do really yeah. think that they, they get an A for effort. Yeah. But sometimes I, here's the deal with a movie like this. It just goes to show how much talent can go into making a film that really doesn't work. And it kind of underscores the filmmaking process in general being kind of something magical in that it's hard to make a movie. It's hard to make a mm -hmm. good movie. And it's hard to make a good popular movie and even the pros like these like everybody involved here can get it wrong sometimes yeah amy what do you think so what i have in my does it hold up notes is it is perfect dumb 90s but also just really bad and i think that kind of sums up that's fair. how i feel yeah i think that's fair it is very 90s very dumb but it's bad yeah 
it's bad. I don't think I would recommend anybody to watch this if they haven't. Yeah. And it probably, like Johnny said, it probably shouldn't have been made into a movie to begin with. Like, just nope. leave the Flintstones yeah. as a half-hour cartoon show or the mascot of your favorite cereal. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Or some chalky vitamins. Yeah. That's, that's about <laughs> it. Yeah. That's where we draw the line. <laughs> this far, <laughs> no further. Well, listener, have you seen the Flintstones movie did you enjoy it did you not are you going to watch it now after all of the shit we've talked about it let us know on twitter instagram at nostalgitis n-o-s-t-a-l-g-i-t-i-s or nostalgiafectpod at gmail.com and don't forget to be kind and rewind